Should you join a cloud brokerage? And what exactly is a cloud brokerage on today's episode? This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Kelsey Charles in Oahu, Hawaii. Before we get to Kelsey, just a couple of quick reminders. Please tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing these great interviews with people like Kelsey and send them a link to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. That's every episode we've ever done. It can be streamed right from your browser. Or if they're a podcast person, have them pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real. And by the way, there's a few different podcasts named Keeping It Real. So look for the one with my name on it, DJ Paris. Hit that subscribe button uh, or have your friend hit that subscribe button. We really greatly appreciate it. And also, last, please leave us a review in whatever podcast app you might be listening. This really helps us improve our show and also reach more people like you who benefit from hearing from great top producers like Kelsey. And enough about me. Let's get right to it. Kelsey Charles. Charles from Real Broker in Hawaii. Uh, Let me tell you about Kelsey. Now, Kelsey Charles is a residential real estate professional serving the entire island of Oahu and surrounding islands too. She is the leader of the Kelsey Charles team and represents both buyers and sellers, whether it be first-time home buyers or seasoned investors. As a military relocation professional, she has often represented clients from every branch of the armed forces. She is also dedicated to the real estate profession and upholds the highest standards of ethics and agency. She's a certified residential specialist, which is a prestigious professional designation awarded to the most experienced realtors in the nation. She treats your investment in Hawaii very seriously and strives to guide you through your transaction as smoothly as possible. Now, her proficiency and use of technology-based marketing is unparalleled in the industry, which is why she's on the show. Super excited to chat with her. She's been taught by the best in the business, and you can be confident in her ability to close the deal and advocate for your interests. Now, Kelsey lives in, and I should have asked you, but is, is it Iwa Beach? 
Ever. Ever Ever Beach. Ever Beach. The W is a V, uh, so my apologies. But Kelsey lives no in Ever Beach, Ever Beach, Hawaii, which is on in Oahu, um, with her husband Anthony, who is also a realtor, and their two daughters. Um, please visit her website, which is KelseyCharlesHomes.com. And that's Kelsey Charles Holmes, plural. KelseyCharlesHolmes.com. And also please also follow her on Instagram. Her uh, Instagram uh, handle is Realtor in Hawaii. Uh, Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And no worries about Iwa Beach. I work with a lot of military clients and some of them will live here for three years and never know where they and still call it Ewa beach they, or, or something. You, yeah, you yeah. It's so yeah. not a bother. I love By it. the way, I am, I'm going to make a, a declaration. I've never said on the show. Um, we were about, okay. I think we've done about 350 episodes. If Kelsey and I lived in the same city, I think I would do my best to become her new best friend because she is a super fun person to talk to. And we were all, <laughs> we were chatting it up beforehand and I'm like, yes. this is somebody she's, she's very similar to myself, <laughs> which Thank is, you. which we could totally hang out. We, would <laughs> we, we could, um, well, yes. we're excited to have you on the show. Um, and I'm Thank really, you. really happy to have you. We, I think you are the first realtor we've had uh, from Hawaii, not that that's you know something that makes you so incredibly unique, of course. But you're a Midwest. You're a Midwest. Yeah, well, it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you're a Midwestern girl, uh, though initially. Yes. Um, so yep. t- I would love to know. And by the way, um, Kelsey's not too far from where we, or, or is is from, not too far from where we uh, we are here. Not that you know where that is, anyway. But. No, it's funny. She told me, and I said. <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I think it's up there. And she said, yeah, no, you're wrong. It's a really um, but- important place. There was a General Motors plant there. Remember the decline of the economy in like 08, 09? <laughs> sure. You can blame my city, Janesville, for having like just too much factory going on. I don't know. That's why well, I, 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 re- I I did see the movie Roger and me in like the early nineties, mm. which was all about general motors and Flint, Michigan. And gotcha. that, that town, that town got decimated as well. Um, it's, it's just yes. amazing what some, like I'm from Peoria, Illinois, which okay. is uh headquartered to Ca- uh, Caterpillar, which is one of the biggest Absolutely. companies in, in the world. And we when they Caterpillar. moved, you know, I, I know nobody cares about this, but when they, they moved a, a, their executive, a, a good part of their executive team up here to Chicago, because right. I think it would attract more people than Peoria, um, sure. more like good talent. Um, it, it really right. had a huge impact. So um, I, I, I know what that's like in, in these smaller towns. But um, anyway, um, I, we're here to talk about how amazing you are and, um, and you really are. And, and I, I, she's very, uh, Kelsey's very humble, um, but um, she does a lot of really cool things. And so Let's start at the beginning. Tell us how you got into real estate. Crazy story. So I'll first start with how I got to Hawaii, um, growing up in like Madison, Janesville area. So I saw basically the recession in full force. And I was like, I am not going to live through this. I have not enough desire to stay in the cold um to make it through this whatever there's like no job opportunities I mean what was I gonna do like work for seven dollars an hour well I could do that in Hawaii just as well so that's what I did (laughs) I bought a one-way ticket I became a nanny I actually got a scholarship for college to study social work and I was a nanny um during that time and then after my first year of college I realized like all these things you need as an adult like health insurance um like your car insurance you got to feed yourself and I'm like whoa that's like a lot of stuff right so my dad being a retired auto not retired like laid off auto worker he was like yeah I'm totally gonna help you 
I'm going to pay, make sure you have health insurance just as a minimum. Turned out that wasn't true. He either decided not to, or General Motors decided not to do oh. the thing to help the families. So then I'm like, there I am paying for my own health insurance. And then Hawaii just stopped being fun uh, when I had to work like 90 hours a week as an 18 year old. So I came back to Wisconsin uh, for a bit. I was like, I'm just going to finish online classes and then I'll go back to Hawaii when I graduate. So you really need to make like, I used to think 90,000 was a good living in Hawaii. And that was maybe true in like 09. But now if you don't make like 180, you know, you're struggling for sure. Sure. So I thought like I'll get into nursing. I don't know, something well-paying, whatever it is. I just want to live in Hawaii. So during that time, I ended up paying back with the crowd that I did in high school that was using heroin like very casually. And that was part of like the Midwestern recession. These normal like jocks and I mean, prom queens were just casually doing opiates. So well, there's a lot of, into- lot of, lot of depression probably going on. A lot of depression. N- not yeah, a lot yeah, of totally. uh, opportunity, small town totally. woes. Yeah. Right. Very like Detroit style. So yeah. then I got back into that and I got, became a heroin addict actually on um, my time back in Wisconsin. And then I went to rehab in California, which was not the best for me. I ended up coming out of rehab shooting up and I went in just like orally taking stuff. And everyone I've Wow. So, so you left, you left rehab and immediately started using yep. and accelerating mm-hmm. your use with, 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 yeah, with a, with a with more IV extreme. Yeah. Exactly. And I've heard that can happen in rehabs where you hear about all these stories, like people are yeah. talking they're just fantasizing about their use. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Like, that's definitely what I want to do when I get up, when I wanted to get, up. I didn't see a future for myself. I just kind of wanted to make it through day to day because sure. I do have depression and especially like seasonal affective disorder. Right. So I get out, I start using IV drugs. I become homeless at like 19 or 20. And then I get on a methadone program, which thankfully in Wisconsin was state sponsored. So if you're on state health care, otherwise that $500 a month when you have nothing is very expensive. Right, right. So I decide, okay, now I'm good. I'm stable. I'm going to go back to Hawaii, go to college, even though I'm probably the only college student on methadone that has to show up to the clinic every day. You're probably not, but you're the only one talking about it today. Yeah. I didn't see anybody else there, at least in the Hawaii one, right? Well, maybe, maybe my school. Yeah. But maybe it was just you. <laughs> I mean, I like to think it wasn't, but it could have been. <laughs> so yeah, I would go to the methadone clinic. I was doing really well. I was like uh, tearing up on my program where I only had to go in once a week, getting on a lower dose. And then I met my husband who was in the Navy at the time. And he apparently saw something in me, even though I wasn't doing that one school, I pretty much spent all my days like sleeping and he was like, yeah, like move into my house. And I was like, no, I am an independent woman. Like, I don't need you. I don't need no man. I'm going to live in my $700 a month apartment and my studio, sure. even though there was like more roaches than there was food in the house. Sure. And he came in one night to like help me move my stuff or like bring something up. And he's like, you can't stay here. This place is so sketch. Like, I can't have anyone I'm dating live here. And I was like, you're just trying to force me to live with you so you can hold me down. Because that just like this weird mindset yeah. of like, oh, he's trying to control you is, yeah. is the concern. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's what but that was my experience, like with men and like sure. with my father. Right. So that it was just very I was in an unhealthy place, but I, he was in the Navy. So he was pretty much gone all the time. So he's like, hey, like here, you can have my apartment. You can have my car. I'm pretty much always gone. 
And I, you know, was like, no, like for the longest time, I'm not going to do that. And then eventually my landlord ended up coming up in the middle of the night to my apartment to just look at me and like stare at me and be a complete felon, like for no reason. So I took him up on the opportunity and then living with him, I was like, okay, like, well, could we get married? Cause I was really into Christianity and my recovery. I felt like if I was going to live with someone, I needed to be married. And he's a hardcore atheist, like super Star Trek, like no interest in any of that. But like, I forced him basically to marry me. You could say, but he's, he'll say it's like the best thing he ever did. Right. So we got married and then we had our first kid when I was on methadone. So I was addicted and my baby was born addicted. So she had to be weaned off with morphine. And uh, basically when you're on methadone, I don't mean to make this a drug story, but I'm just no, trying to show I, like this... how you can, this is okay? Okay. Of so course. my baby was born on morphine. And if you're on methadone and you're pregnant, if you stop that homeostasis of like that comfortable drug the baby is receiving every day, you can pretty much, you, I mean, you're almost guaranteed to self-abort, right? Yeah. So people are looking down at me like, oh, like you're a junkie, you're taking drugs. I'm like, or I was trying to save your baby. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you needed the methadone to be able to not be uh, in the lifestyle. Exactly. No, totally. For sure. And just to maintain like the mental health. I mean, there's so many reasons people stay on methadone. I'm not like there to judge them for that. But for me, it was like, yeah, it's like maintain the lifestyle and not want to go to the streets and hang out with the people that I had before. Right. And so I could think about my baby, thinking about like, what breast pump are we going to buy? Just like normal people stuff instead of like, okay, how am I going to score today? Yeah. And I wasn't using, and I just did my methadone every day. When my baby was born, uh, she weaned off and she's fine. And then my husband got basically medically retired from the Navy. He has anxiety and his trigger, his career just started to really trigger him. Um, and he was an air traffic controller before he became an officer. He did really well with that job. And they say ATC is like one of the most stressful jobs you can have. It has to, but, it has to be. I, and then I, he I said just wanted, that was a walk in the park. Well, th- that's amazing because I, when I was, um, I know air traffic control and, and there's been movies made about how stressful fictional movies yes, and then totally. even documentaries, yeah, all those movies. Yeah. it's, it's, it's it, pushing tin, I think was one of the movies, but, but yes. there, there, it is so, because they're dealing with so much traffic and yes. thousands of people's lives at any given moment. Totally. And then the pilot, sometimes you have to like override the pilot and say like, Hey, do this. And I'm going to ignore yeah. you. And he was in, you're in a lot of like life and death situations daily. And he thought that was less stressful than his new job in the Navy, which was being at to see like all the time he would be gone for months at a time. I barely ever saw him and it started to really affect his mental health. He's like, Hey, this isn't for families. I don't want to do this. So he gets out to make a long story short. Uh, We moved to Florida and we bought a house and we had our baby and I didn't work. I never really planned to like have a job. I was like, okay, I'll get married. Cool. He'll take care of me. That was my ideal lifestyle. So funny how that changed right now. He actually works for me. And I didn't like Florida. He told me it was going to be like um, Hawaii, but without (laughs) mountains. And I was like, "Um, okay, I trust you. Not at all. It's very red state. Nothing like what I'm used to uh, being from the Midwest and very, I don't know. It was like maybe a desert version of Hawaii with like crocodiles and rednecks i mean and, yeah rednecks. some strange residents <laughs> yeah and i'm like who are these people i don't want to be around this right so i told him i was like we're moving back to hawaii or like 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 i can't i'm sorry it's on ultimatum but like we're leaving 
And we definitely weren't in a place financially to do that. And while we were in this another economically depressed town, I was doing whatever I could to make a buck. Like whether I'm like flipping a couch, trying to sell multi-level marketing, I would work at these jobs and people wouldn't pay me. So I was like a pizza server. I worked at a chamber of commerce, which I thought would legitimately pay me. I would work for months and no one would ever give me a paycheck. And I was like, all right, okay, this is not working. Like we just have to go. Otherwise our life is just going to be sad again. So we put our house in the rental market and then we moved to Hawaii and then we find out that we're pregnant again after we planned to not have another kid. But we knew if I came back to Hawaii, if we came back to Hawaii, that I would have to work just because of his pension. We're a family of three now, but we had already rented our house and we had already signed a lease uh, for a two bedroom. It's like it was what it was. We just have to find a way now. Our plane tickets bought. And this wouldn't be a huge concern for most normal people, but when I'm pregnant, I get this disease called hyperemesis. So I pretty much puke like 30 times a day. And that's like at a minimum, like it's really awful. Pregnancy is not meant for me. Like I love my children, but I would never go through it again. Uh, And that was a really hard time in my life. I'm like, okay, so if I can make like $5 to eat, that's cool, but that's all I could do. My husband was on retirement disability so he couldn't work yet because it hadn't been locked in, right? Uh, which is an unfortunate setup that the system has. But we didn't have money for food. We would pay our mortgage on the mainland and the rent we were getting was like half of that mortgage. And then we had our Hawaii rent. And after that, like it was a car payment and then struggling just day to day to get food. So there were days that like we wouldn't eat and then we would just have to get like water and bread. And even that was a struggle. Like how do we literally learn to make bread out of like flour and yeast and water? And then I remember times that my three-year-old was like, mommy, like, I'm just a little bit hungry, you know, can we eat? And I was like, I'm sorry, we just have to wait till tomorrow, like when the direct deposit hits, that's how it's going to be. So with that, I realized I never wanted to live like that again. And I knew it wasn't permanent. I knew once I had the baby that I would be like physically okay. I didn't realize how much mentally that would have tormented me. And I thought I had been through pretty much the worst through my life, like being an addict, being like molested all these things that had happened to me, I didn't realize I could relive this again as an adult now that I had, you know, created my own support system, right? So I saw this lady, she was actually at EXP and I followed her on Facebook and I pretty much spent all my time scrolling uh, social media because that's the only thing that helped me stay connected. So, I mean, I would take my Benadryl so I didn't puke. I mean, every moment I would still be in the hospital every two or three days, uh, just getting IVs and stuff, really terrible time. Because you'd be flow on fluids and yeah, yeah. you'd be dehydrated mm-hmm. and yeah. Exactly. And I couldn't keep anything down and, you know, to keep the fetus alive, everything like that. And so I started watching her and I was like, oh, maybe I could do real estate. Like she has my dream car, which is a Tesla X. Like she's got a husband, she's renovating house. She owns a house. I didn't own a house in Hawaii. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And for so many reasons, I never wanted to get into real estate, but I don't think I understood why, but I love sales and I love just hanging out with people, talking to them. And I still think it's the coolest thing ever that that's the thing that you can like get paid to help people get what they want. And you pretty much just get to know them. They're your friend, they're your family. And I'm not saying it's easy. Like there's the difficult times, of course, but this is still the best gig I've ever heard of. Right. So I get my real estate license. Baby is born. I go to work. Um, I start training with Coldwell Banker Pacific Properties. And then they basically just like throw you to the bulls, like go get a deal. And I remember I would find clients anywhere I could, whether that was like 
buying a laptop like oh hey do you need a house I mean I was probably like just really putting myself out there but I know that's what it takes right that I would eventually get it but it turns out like the first few sets of buyers only wanted to hang out with me because they wanted like a female company which was oh. so creepy I'm like you're literally wow. like pulling your credit score to go in apartments and just like be alone with me and they would say things like oh this is 500,000 for an apartment you know what I can get in Texas for that and I was like yes but we're not in Texas like what are you talking about bro and if they had bought then that apartment would be worth like 700 today this was like two three years ago then they were like oh, yeah. no. so I'm like but you so, so a lot of just maybe questionable people yeah exactly and you don't know how to verify or how to vet sure. your new agent, your new agent. Yeah. And companies don't really teach you, right? And I was like, shoot, I just spent all this gas. I can barely afford gas to get here. And now these people are running me around. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I quickly realized that VA buyers, military people um, about my age, were going to be my best client. They don't sure. really know a realtor. They're going to buy. They're going to be super loyal if they have a good experience. They're going to sell with you. And then they're going to refer their friends to you. And they can get a house for about a thousand bucks. I mean, literally like a $500,000 right. house for a grand. That was yeah. in the old market, right? So that became my niche. And then that's what I did. Um, I did 12 million my first year. Second year was like 25 million. Third year. Last year I did like 25 million. I don't know what this year is going to look like. I'm trying to put a little more focus on lifestyle and then growing like my other brands, which is like dropping a real estate course, training agents, mentoring. And lately I try to just work with like referrals and then past clients who already know me. Um, wow. You, you said so much there and I'm trying to think what I want to sort of dive into because first I want to honor you for your courage and vulnerability, um, to share, you know, difficult things or, or what might not be difficult to you. Um, but for other people would be extremely, sure. um, private or things that, that they wouldn't want out there. Um, I too have an addiction background, a different addiction background. Um, so I, I can, I can relate to, to some of that. Um, I was, I was thinking, um, in, in uh, really about just all the adversity and not from a perspective of pity, or I feel sorry for you. Although I, I'm, I feel sad that there were things that happened to you that should not have happened that you didn't invite or control, um, okay. which is often the case with people who, who are addicted. Um, so I, I, I can, uh, and other times there doesn't seem to be that straight line, but um, I honor you for, for, for being the willingness to share, because I think if, if nothing else, if our audience just understands the, the, the power of, of being courageous and telling your story, despite, um, you know, the, sort of fear of, of will people judge me? Um, I think, it, it, I, you know, it's interesting when I, I'm curious to get your take on this. So I see this a lot. We, we interview a lot of people for our show and, and really wonderfully kind, lovely people that I, I don't want to disparage in any way, but I, I notice that oftentimes um, they'll be on our show and, and they'll be concerned about how they came off or they'll be concerned about um, maybe they said something that they felt was maybe slightly uh, an opinion, an actual opinion. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay. oh, oh, you know, I, I, mm -mm, I don't, you know, I don't want, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, and I think, uh, with, with what you just demonstrated was, you know, the willingness to sort of say, here's, here's, here's my story. Here's right. where I'm at. And I think as a result, not only do people feel more connected to you, um, because that's how intimacy works, of course, when people sure. are open up, 
but I suspect not that I don't know if you share though, that similar story with all of your clients, I don't know your process there, but you just shared it with, you're basically sharing it with thousands of realtors now. And, and I just want to say that, that, that Kelsey's courage to do that is something that we can all take a, a little bit of a page from of being it's, it's like the old, um, AA slogan to thine own self be true or, or whatever yeah. it says, which is, Hey, this is who I am. I don't have to be all things to all people. Here's my story. And mm -hmm. I suspect that your clients, if they do know that story about you feel incredibly connected to you because you're, you have this um, ability to say here, here's where I'm at. And the, the story didn't end with, with you being in jail or, or in, you know, in a, a pet, what penitentiary or in the, in the ground. Sure. Right. That's what um, they say. Yeah. If you don't say yeah. in, in the walls and the programs that this is the future of most addicts, if you don't get clean. And I mean, that, that is true for a lot it of people. Is, and it is a disease that is recognized by the American Medical Association with no medical, uh, with actually no medical uh, uh, fix, right? There's no right. actual fix for addiction. Right. They call it a spiritual problem, but it's really a medical problem without a medical solution. Um, sure. And the okay. fact that you're here today and not just surviving and, 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 you know, living, you're actually incredibly successful as a result is, is really a, just an amazing story. Um, I'm so, so grateful for you for all of that. Um, and I don't want to make that the entire focus because that's just the first half of your story. And yeah, totally. quite honestly, it's just where you came from. Yeah. Um, and, and we all came from somewhere and, um, your story though, I hope, I hope will inspire a lot of our, our listeners to really think about how they can bring more of themselves into their business, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be things that you're uncomfortable sharing, um, sure. not you, Kelsey, but our, our audience that, that yeah, maybe absolutely. they would be uncomfortable, but being able to say, this is who I am. This is my, who I, what I stand for, sure. I think is, is incredibly important. Um, so, and, and by the way, just doing fifth, was it 15 million in your first year? 12 million, 12 million, 12 million in your first year is an incredible success. And now you're at, <laughs> you know, you're at that, you know, who knows yeah. what will happen this year, but 25 million by year three, um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty awesome. So, uh, so I want to talk about how so you talked about, I think that desperation oftentimes is such a gift. It's the worst, yeah. it's the hardest thing to it's possibly go through gift ever, but worst yeah. gift ever. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but yeah, it is you're right. It's like, what else is going to drive you until you're completely desperate? I mean, I am amazed by people who just go out there and kill it. Like they lived a pretty okay life and maybe they didn't. I mean, I don't know what their life was like, but some of them I'm like, Oh dude, your parents love you. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. And now you did this yeah. and you're still driven to just go and kill it and kill it and kill it. But I think if I hadn't had this, like who knows where I would be? I don't know. I mean, I would love to talk about, and this isn't necessarily an addiction question. It's real, but I, I'm curious if there's a parallel between support um, sure. support for, for you with, with the challenges you've experienced. I know, look, going to, going to rehab is a supportive environment, or it's at least right. supposed to, supposed to be, um, right. getting on methadone and being on a program that's supportive finding a sponsor. If you're in, you know, a 12 step mm -hmm. thing, all of those things are about community being supportive. Um, we try to do, uh, our, our little version of that here on the show to, to say, Hey, you know, we can learn from, from people like Kelsey, who have really, you know, uh, persevered. Um, I'm curious on how important support is for you. You talked about starting with Coldwell Banker and sort of feeling like you're thrown sure. to the wolves, maybe not feeling like you had that community. Um, sure. How is community real important to you in your life and support? 
Oh yeah. Community is everything for me. And I think that's one thing that I did learn in sobriety. And then as I started to like kind of level up my company and how much better my life got as I was more selective of who I allowed in my day to day. And now I think I could do anything. I mean, not to be like big headed, but I know the steps, right? You want to go be an astronaut, go hang out with astronauts, go listen to their YouTube channels, go stay in the rooms, bug the shit out of them until they're your best friend. And it just becomes like a second language to you. And I feel like I could do that with real estate or pretty much any venture that I want to go into. And now I don't want to be an astronaut or a doctor, but more than anything, like it is your community and who you choose to be around. And I think being in some desperate places, like having to have to get housing, needing to get food, taught me a lot of basic survival skills that, you know, apply in even high levels of business, right? And you you also, too, with uh, the extreme challenges that, that you've faced, um, you now probably have a little bit less fear of the unknown than people who maybe have had a more on paper comfortable life. Um, sure. You know, so I'm, I'm curious, too, that if if for some reason it all went away tomorrow and for some reason you had to start yourself anew um, mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah you probably are like, well, I would figure something out because you have figured things out. Totally. And that's the thing is I really don't have a fear about that. Like I'm not, I don't feel entitled to any kind of lifestyle. Like you can lose everything at any moment. And I've seen it happen to the best of people and I could lose everything and I would be fine because like, I'm fine hanging out with my family, having some decent, even it doesn't even have to be good food, like ramen noodles. Like I'm stoked with that. Uh, give me Netflix, give me life, and I will be perfectly content. So yeah, nothing really scares me in terms of like lifestyle loss. Like I could have a Tesla one day, the next day I could be on my feet and I'm like, whatever. It just is what it is. Yeah. Cause you've been there and, and you've gotten through. And um, that's where I say like the gift of desperation and it's not, it's in no way meaning to be patronizing because no, I know what you went that. through is, is, is extreme and difficult. And I, I honor you for, for coming out the other side. Um, let's talk about um, marketing because sure. I know that this is a huge part of how you grew your business. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about what marketing means to you and how you implement it in your real estate practice? Sure. So I've gotten feedback from all kinds of people that say that I don't have good marketing and it's not pretty enough. And I'm like, well, it's super effective. So I don't care, you know, what you have to say. And I've tried all these kinds of things. I've seen people with like $20,000 a month campaigns. And I'm like, I don't feel connected to them. Like maybe they have this pineapple and these like pretty linen colors and these color schemes and it's really monochromatic but they're not speaking to people so that means nothing to me if they're not connecting and I think for me marketing it can just be as simple as like how do you break down barriers through digital media conversations putting yourself out there that make people feel more connected to you and if I'm feeling like someone's uncomfortable about me I'll just start to tell them like some weird shit about myself I'm like oh yeah like I was a heroin addict and not to like like skew them out but they're like oh my god really because everyone is thinking like and so many people are just like going through a weird phase in life and they're just like what the fuck am I doing how what does Kelsey think of me like as a realtor does she think I'm like annoying am I too much to deal with like am I looking at this the wrong way they're always wondering if they're being judged so I'm just gonna like make them feel comfortable and say like hey this is who I am I'm here for you. Like, don't feel weird. And then this is why. And they're like, oh shit, like that's my realtor for my for life. Like that's my best friend. 
And my clients, a lot of times, like they send me gifts like a year down the line, like, thank you for doing me right. Like, I know we have to sell in a couple of years and we're not even a little worried about it because we know we have like the best realtor and friend backing us, right? Uh-huh. So I make really close relationships with people. Um, so you can do that in many ways. I mean, as far as like getting leads, you can do it with houses, like having a good CRM, putting ads out there posting on Facebook marketplace. Um, I ha- I do have a billboard at a local mall that has a homebot QR code. So you scan it, it gives you an instant home value. I keep in touch with you every month until you decide to block me or sell your home with me. Right. And I go to the mall like every couple of days. I'm like, Hey guys, this is my billboard. I'm Kelsey Charles. This is me right here on this wall. And then people are like, Oh my God, is she like on drugs? Is that really her? Like, I don't look like, I mean, I don't look like a local person. So like, okay, this girl just came from Connecticut. Like, what is she trying to do? And they question my intentions, right? But then I'll talk to them and get to know them. And my local people are like some of my favorite and best, dearest clients. And when I got into real estate, so many people said to me like, oh, you're not going to do well. Everyone in Hawaii is a realtor. Everyone's auntie is a realtor. Uh, it's just a way to make quick money. And everyone's seen the opportunity. And it's like easy to get into, hard to be successful in. So I just saw that as like, well, fuck you. Like, I'm just going to go do it way better than you ever thought, right? So as far as that, I mean, you can do marketing anyway, but whatever connects people the most with you and gets you at like an even level where you're not like this elite agent or you're only this like $2 million agent. And I do all price points and I can talk to anyone and there's no lead that's like too low for me. So I think that is like the ultimate goal of marketing it can look like a lot of different things but mine is to bring people to me I want to be the realtor that they think of when they want to make a move when they need real estate advice I want it to be come to me even if I might take a couple days to reply because I do get like hundreds of text messages a day and then at one point in my career I realized that I kind of made it when I had like 12 escrows and I was driving around showing clients and this lady is like hey we need a house we heard you're the best person to do it and I was wow. like, I'm so sorry. I cannot call you till 11 p.m. Like, is that okay? I understand if you want to move on. She's like, no, nope, I'll wait. I was like, okay, all right. I think we're doing well. We have realized, we've gotten to the point where clients and consumers realize that we love them more than ourselves and that we always put them first and we're worth waiting for. So in such like a consumer-driven society where people want instant reply, instant access, instant everything, And there's always going to be those few that are easily picked off by someone else. But I think the majority of our clients are super solid because we tell our story, because we share, we talk about our mission and our, our goals for them. Like I I set goals for clients. I mean, I talk to them and they tell me, Hey, I'm going to be here for this long. And then I'm going to want to upgrade to this. I'm like, okay, this is what this looks like. We're going to get you in this house. It's going to appreciate likely this much. We're going to sell it. We can take that money. You can pay down your debt. You can pay your student loans. You can pay for a graduate degree, or we can put it down in another house and then you can lower your payment as you upgrade your house. And I have a plan of what that's going to look like with every single client that we have, whether that's like a seller or a buyer. And not that I try to be a financial advisor, but I'm like, okay, this is what I would do. And they always seem to like really appreciate my advice. Yeah. I, I, um, God, you just said so much. Um, this idea of, you you consider well i'm putting i'm putting a word in your mouth that Go you ahead. might not um i think you think of yourself as a consultant absolutely sure. yeah and and a lot like almost like a, a life consultant where it's like okay because you just said 
uh, okay, you know, hey, this is this is house number one. We're, here's yeah. what we're gonna do. Here's how long yeah. we're gonna stay there. And again, you, it's not like you're dictating the terms. No, you, they you like that. This. They want that. They want someone to drive the wheel because I, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, do, do you, who does their first time buying a house? I definitely did it. I, I wanted someone to say, hey, this is how we're gonna build wealth for you. Before I bought, now, <laughs> just to give some context for anyone who might be new to our show. Um, so I, I, I don't run the firm that I'm at, um, but I'm, I'm the CMO of, of our firm. We have about 800 agents. Um, you would think, and I have a license, a real estate license. You would think that I know something about real estate. I don't like literally nothing. And, and, and that's not me being falsely humble. Like I legitimately sit at a desk all day. I've never worked with a client. I know nothing. So, um, and, 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 you know, maybe I know a little bit more than the average person, but I would not be any sort of, I would not be able to give any advice about, is this a good investment or not? There's so um, many just, roles within real estate and that's the thing. Yeah. That's and, and, and yeah. And so I, before I bought a property and it was not my first time buying, I was a primary residence, but not my mm -hmm. first time. I had to ask a bunch of really successful realtors, am I making a good decision or a bad sure. decision? Because really. I don't know. And, and what, what the reason I'm bringing this up is what would, with you being able not just to say, hey, I can help you get this deal closed, which of course is part of the job, you saying, this is a good idea. Here's why, here's where we're headed. Here's mm -hmm. what's down the road. Here's what I wanna do for you beyond this initial purchase or sale. Um, and, and I'm going to be with you your whole career. Think about, I'm not yeah. saying this to you, Kelsey, I'm saying it to our audience. Think about how powerful we all want, not all, but most people want guidance and we, we, okay. and we're also really afraid to ask for it, especially yeah. the older we get. We're like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God. I, yeah. Like I, like I should already know all this stuff. I should yeah. like, I should already have a, a somebody, you know, giving, I should already know everything. And, and I get that and, a lot older first time homebuyers are like, we're retiring. This is our first house. Like I'm sorry, I don't know anything. I'm like, I actually prefer you know nothing and just trust me. That's fine. Yeah. I'll teach well, you. Well, and, right. and that's all we we all want. Look, I don't understand my taxes, but I hope my accountant keeps me out of jail. Right. You know, like, like yeah, I, trust that, I trust that. Yeah, I trust her. I trust that. Well, she'll stop getting paid if I go to jail. So yeah, that yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's an incentive <laughs> but, enough. Okay. But she probably has 500 other clients. It wouldn't really matter. But um, but I care that she knows what she's doing. And okay. and and I, I, I hope she does. Um, I don't right. know if she actually does. Well, we don't know the questions to ask, right? That's the thing is we as consumers aren't taught to how to vet our professionals. And I know I'm sure you hear in our industry, like real estate agents are going away. They're not going to be a thing anymore. I'm like, no. People need more service, not less service. The way I see it is I'm like gearing up to be your realtor for life, for your family, for your auntie, for your sister, for your kids. And we're going to have a plan for you. And I want to do more for you, not less. And people are terrified to ask for help. It is, it is, yeah. it is the hardest thing in the world because it's vulnerable. It's scary. It, it, it implies that maybe you might have some shame around, oh, I should know that. And I don't. And yeah. you have had to ask for help in very desperate situations before becoming a realtor. So sure. you understand the power of, of surrender. Um, right. And that's, I think what what every good realtor, or maybe not every good realtor, but but many of them, most of them probably are good at saying is, I will take care of this Mr. or Mrs. Client. I know mm -hmm. how to do this. And right. I'm not here just for this one commission. Um, right. So let's talk about how you, with your marketing, how you connect, because you talked about connection being so important. You gave us a, a couple of examples of, you know, doing some, some, you know, social media posts, Hey, that's me up there. And, and, yeah. and a little bit more, but talk a little bit more about how you, how you look for connection when you're first talking to somebody. Um, so I'm always looking for connection everywhere, just as like a natural salesperson. And even before I was in sales, 
I always want to be connecting with people around me. So if they, I like their shirt, I'm like, oh, hey, like I love your shirt. That's super dope, right? I'm on Facebook now and I realize I have like about 5,000 people following me. So I'm looking, I'm interacting with them. Like, oh, your kid is so cute. Like, that's so funny. That just happened. And I'm being real. I don't do it because I want to sell. You know, that's not it at all. But then I start to share about my life and how fucked up it is and like the crazy stuff my kids do. And they're like, wow, like she's just like me. And I've been invited over to people's houses. They're like, hey, we actually just bought with another realtor, but you really inspired us to buy. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, you know, I'm really glad. Sorry you didn't reach out to me, but like, I'm glad you bought a house. I want what's best for you. But they're like, well, now we want to sell. And it just seems so easy with you. Like you're so natural. Like we just, we don't feel shame or pressure or guilt being around you. We want you to be our agent. So sometimes it comes back and like, if someone uses someone else, I I don't get mad. I mean, I'm like, "Uh, you know, whatever you win some, you lose some, but stay in touch with those people. They'll come back to you. They really will. Because social media is the greatest gift we have as far as like keeping an infinite connection to someone as long as you're connected through Facebook. I mean, they're in your life forever. Yeah, they, they are. And conversations don't have really an end, right? On right. social media, they just evolve, they just continue and evolve and consistency. Um, how important is consistency with, uh, with connection? Or do those go hand in hand with you being consistent in, in your outreach? And yeah, so I'm really consistent in my clients lives. Um, and as far as like reaching out, people say you're supposed to have a strategy for social media. I don't want to wear out my welcome. So I'm not posting all day like, oh, hey, this is so funny. I'm not posting like 50 memes or even five memes. I don't even post like five times a week. And they say like omnipresence is important, but I'll start to hide people if I feel like they're just trying to sell to me. And I see realtors post like, oh, hey, market update. Oh, that means nothing to your client. They don't even know how to read that. They might have owned five houses, but you're trying to look smart. And now they just feel dumb, right? Right. So I think there's ways to go about it. And yeah, I try to do it when it's actually natural to me. When I want to post like, hey, here's a thing I want to do. I'm sharing a win. This is a funny thing that happened in my life. This is something that kind of sucked. I do it when I'm inspired, not just to have another post out there and to stay in someone's feed. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we're, I think we're really what we're talking about is, is service and authenticity and yes. connection. Um, and yeah. I, those three values, I, 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 I'm, I keep hearing from you, um, service, sure. value, authenticity, connection. Um, these are all things that what we're not hearing about is, you know, oh, well, I also know all of the market stats for, for my local area, which I'm sure you do, but what we're, what we're really talking about is what moved, but a lot of people know that like, that's, yeah, that's totally. just, that's There's really no value to that. I mean, and I might not know everything, but people will forgive me when I don't, because I know yes. they know I'll figure it out. And. Yeah. that'll put their best interests first. And I'm not necessarily like the nerdiest realtor, but I know what kind of ROI you're going to get on what you're yeah. going to buy on any upgrades, but I'm just me. Like I'm just myself. And I think that's ultimately like why I do connect well. And you talk a lot about a lot of principles of sobriety, like connection, surrender, and knowing how to surrender in a business this cutthroat can be your make or break. I mean, our failure rate is so high, right? And that's Crazy. because- people feel like they need to know everything. And some of the best realtors I know, and people would, I would never say, but they call me for advice. Like some of the top agents on Oahu are like, hey, Kelsey, what would you do in this situation? Or what, what are you doing for marketing? And I just tell them. And I'm like, wow, that they would ask me, but that's so badass that they're like, because every day I wake up, I realize I know less than I thought. Every day is a new learning experience. I get knocked on my ass every single day. 
like I'll really be thinking I'm smart and I never really think I'm smart I kind of just like oh I'm just lucky to be here you know but like every day is like oh my goodness I did not know that was coming and real estate is so evolving that if you're not humbling yourself if you're not if you're not kind of like gaining more knowledge and thinking less of yourself as you go like it's almost the opposite way it should happen and you're going to fall flat on your face and get sued. I've always felt that confidence is overrated. I, I think, um, I think confidence is the willingness to be vulnerable and the willingness to say, this is who I am. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. And that to me is that takes a lot more confidence to be like, by the way, I'm not good at that. I can't do that, but I can get a solution for you but I don't know that right now. Or maybe not, but at least I'm going to tell you like, Hey, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And no, I really appreciate that. And I'm the same way as far as like being super confident. If I, if I interview someone and they're like, Oh, I know everything. I'm a consultant. I'm going to come and change your business. I'm immediately like side eye. I'm so skeptical. I'm like, Oh, you know, everything. And you're going to come change my business. And I'm like, I have no interest in hiring you. Like the kind of people that I bring on are that just like, Oh, I don't know everything, but like, I think I could learn it. And they're just a little bit, I like a little bit of apprehension. And that's when I'm like, okay, you're my person. You can come. You know what I also love too, when when I meet with somebody um, and and this, this, this comes up all the time, I'm sure for our audience is when somebody asks you something, the best thing that, and you don't know the answer, the best thing that I would, if, if, if I were the, the homeowner and I'm interviewing people to sell my property and I have all these listing presentations and I, and, and if I said, well, I have this really unusual thing with, with my home or my mortgage or whatever. And, and if they go, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to figure that out. And I'm going to get back to you with an answer. That is, that is as good to me as, oh, I know what that is. And I know how to fix that. Like, that's good too. Um, But I love when people are like, I've never heard of that before, but then they get excited. Like, I'm going to figure this out for you. I'm like, I want that person in my life because, and and I want to say something else. You did a version of that um, in in something you said, it it probably, um, I don't want to make sure it didn't skip over our audience's ears. You were talking about being so busy that sometimes now you get phone calls where you're like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Prospect, I can't call you until 11 p.m. tonight. But (laughs) but here's here's what she's doing. Let's break that down. She didn't say, no problem. I'll get right back to you and then fail. She said, here's, here's what I can do. Here's what I'm willing to do. Is that okay? And by the way, if it's not okay, I understand. I, we, we live in an immediate, you know, and I, I'm saying more than you did, but, but you, you know, we're, we're talking about this immediacy of feeling like you need to respond immediately. You, you probably do need to respond immediately, but with the expectation of when the next step is, and you just said it and it, and it, and it's just part of kind of your process. But a lot of people could learn from that is to say, Mm. Hey, Mr. Mrs. Client, I am so grateful you called me. I wish I could call you back right now. Unfortunately, the earliest I can call you is X, can we do that? Does that work for you? And that's really what you did. Um, And I think that I love that. There's nothing worse than leaving a message and then just going like, I I am waiting on a refund form, a uh, um, uh, a, a, a chow. I won't even say the name of the company, but but one, one, it's chow now. It's one, it's like a, like, like a Grubhub kind of thing. And it's not their fault. I placed an order for food. It didn't show up. No big deal. I I was very nice about it. I'm like, Hey guys, just FYI, it never came. And it's been yeah. like three days and I'm like, yeah. now I have to go back to them and be like, Hey, just FYI, did it, are you guys going to like take care of this? Um, Cause if worst case scenario, I'll call my credit card company. They'll refund it. No big yeah, deal. Okay. But all I really want is for them to say, Hey DJ, give us a week on this. We're on it. Don't oh, worry. Just validate me. Absolutely. Validate me and, and tell me what the next step is. 
Um, it, you don't have to solve it right away. Just tell me sure. we're on it. You don't have to think about this again. Don't worry. If by Friday it's not completed, I will reach out to you and blah, blah, blah. It, this is what we're, we're talking about customer service as well. And I think this is a customer service job, at least from my perspective, or at least a good chunk of it is. Um, I want to talk uh, also about um, choosing a firm. And I know this was really when we were first booking Kelsey, that was kind of our, the, the, the topic that I thought we'd be going into most was like, how do you choose a firm? Everyone's, you know, there's so many options and so many different brokerage models. Um, you've been, you've been now to, this is your fourth firm. You're, you're, and, and you're happy. And, and we, we, we yeah. like real um, yeah. and, and we're, we're super happy that you're there. Um, and, and I'm glad that, that more firms who have a similar model to exp are now existing so there's just more opportunity for people yeah, so i, I love a spot that for everybody now I love spot that. for everyone i would love for you to give any sort of advice you have um to our audience about how to select a firm and maybe questions to ask or things to look for maybe things to look out for mm, okay so i've actually made a youtube video on this and it's probably going to be the last thing that you would think i would say um, as I would love to recruit, love to have you at my brokerage. But my number one thing when you're looking at a brokerage is you're, and you're a new agent is like the split is so irrelevant. I mean, you can argue all day like, hey, I'm worth this much more percent. But if you're doing no deals, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So that's so many new agents are like, oh, what's your split? They come to me like, oh, Kelsey, I want to be on your team. Like, what's your split? I'm like, excuse me, we're having the wrong conversation. Like, what are you going to bring to me? Because I've proven I can do this, right? On my own. I don't necessarily need to grow. I want to grow and I want to spread my mission and I want, you know, my team to cover all of Hawaii, right? But it never starts with like, hey, I'm so good at video. I can completely take over your social media. I can do this for you and all for free just because I want to learn from you. Right. By the way, by the way, is that like your dream, your fantasy that somebody yes. calls, it would be my fantasy. Yes. Somebody calls me up and says, Hey, I like what you guys are doing. I think I can add value. Uh, by the way, this is how you can prospect. You can prospect the exact same way. Hey, I totally. saw you just got a promotion at your company, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so on LinkedIn. And I don't yeah. know if you're thinking of upgrading or moving, but boy, I just wanted to say, congrats, keep up the great work. I would love to check. We're talking yeah. about adding value. And so Absolutely. You just said something so powerful. So a lot of times people will say, well, when you're going out and interviewing, here are the questions. It's actually the thing I asked you to say is what well, questions you're, <laughs> yeah. you're starting with, you're starting from a different perspective and a much stronger position. And I used to say this to people who were in the normal corporate world when yeah. they would say, cause I've recruited over, I don't know, 1500 agents or whatever. That doesn't mean I'm know all that much about recruiting other than recruiting realtors. But in the re in the non-realtor world, what I used to tell uh, people who are looking for jobs is go into a job and say, here's what I think I can do for you. Does this match with what you're looking for? And as opposed to here are the qualities I have here is, you know, blah, 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 my background. It's, yeah. oh, I, I see care. that you got, yeah. You can go tell ahead. me about your qualities. Like it means nothing to me. You know that, show me your qualities. Like, who are you? Are we going to like hanging out with you? What are you going to bring to us? And that's what I did when I was new. And I would go to top producers and I'm like, hey, I'm Kelsey Charles. You have no idea who I am, but I'm willing to dedicate a hundred hours a week for free to your business. What can I do for you? Can I show houses? Can I hold your open houses? I was doing five open houses a week in like five to seven. Nobody even came, but I was just trying, right? Putting a sign up, who's going to come by? And I would go to older agents and say, hey, I know you're super successful. You're doing all these deals. Can I help you set up a social media and a Facebook presence? 
and you just let me come on a listing appointment and teach me about what you do. And that's exactly what I did. And I was like, seriously, no catch. Like, don't pay me anything. Like, I want nothing. I'm just going to come show up every single day. Like, I will be your assistant. I'll bring the coffee. I mean, no matter what you need, just like, let me come. And that's how I got my start. And I actually learned about that from a blogger. His name is Nate Green, and he's a fitness blogger. And he got his editorial in men's health by writing the editor every day and saying, hey, how can I get your job, bro? Like, these are the things I'm good at. And I mean, not maybe that's a very frat approach. That's not like what I did at all. But I love what you're saying. Like, hey, does this match? What can I bring to your company? I just do not appreciate it. I don't think anyone appreciates it when you come and say, hey, what can you do for me? I'm like, well, you came to me. So don't come to me with like what the 10 things like I can do for you, because what if I'm not even hiring at the moment? I really want you to show me that you have some interest in me and you're not shopping like five different companies because you know, you like how C. Charles team is different. Like our dynamic, my mission, it's not like so many of these big brokerages, like, like we're very niche, very unique. I have like a mission that I want to create and there's a lot of growth for that right person. But if they're starting out with a mindset of the opposite of growth, like what's the most I can get and for the least amount of work, that immediately is just like such a turnoff to me. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And I'm curious. So it, it's so funny because on the recruiting side um, of this business, recruiting agents, um, it's often a, okay, well, what do you offer? Meaning, yeah. what does your firm provide? What, you know, splits, right. leads. Can we talk yeah. about leads for a second? Yes. What should an, should an agent, what is your opinion about um, when you're interviewing firms, the importance sure. of a firm providing leads? Go get your own leads. Like uh, anyone that's going to teach you how to get leads, they're going to be the worst leads. Um, they're going to keep you dependent. Yep. Your job as a salesperson is to get leads. Okay. And if you're getting leads, your value goes down so much. I mean, anyone can close a lead. Someone who's like, Hey, I want to buy a house. Sure. Learn to hunt and make a million dollars. Like learn to eat what you kill that's a salesperson's job. That, that's crazy to me. Like, no, I'm not going to hand you all your leads on the silver platter. I will teach you how to do it. I'll teach you how to fish. I'll teach you how to speak to people and market and do it like me. But me feeding you leads a short term, and when the market changes, those aren't going to be as easy to buy. They're going to be much more expensive. They're going to be much more flaky. Let me teach you how to build a business. And I think there's a thousand times more value in that. Yeah. And also there's just a lot of lying that goes on with leads. A lot of promises that don't yes. end up happening. No, and um, leads are, lie. They'll lie to you too. I mean, your company is oh, like, lead, yeah, yeah. we're going to give you all the leads. And then you call and you're like, oh, hey, I saw you click on this. And they're like, no, I didn't. Like, who are you? Why are you calling me? There's so many better ways. And I can teach you and I teach agents for free. Like call me, hit me up on social media. I'll spend a couple hours with you on a call. We'll get you a new system. And uh, no, do not rely on a brokerage or a team for leads. So That's not what, why you should be there. I, I could not agree with you more. Um, I 100% are on the same page. Because so I came on pretty strong, so I'm sure I'm glad that you do. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think you're speaking your truth, and I think your truth lines with aligns with mine. Um, and 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 I'm sure there are firms that provide great leads, and you can have a good career, I guess, doing that. But 99% of firms that I'm aware of, really, that's probably not the way you're going to find success. Um, no. by, by someone else's leads. If you want to purchase leads on your own and you want to do your own thing, great. Um, or, you know, generate your own even better. Um, let's talk, um, a little bit about, um, what, what the role of a broker, a brokerage is. So if it's not leads, if, if splits and all of those things are relative, be, so what should people be looking for when they're trying to figure out which firm's the right match? 
So for me personally, I'm not looking for something in the dark ages. I don't want to see, and I don't really care about splits as a new agent, whatever, go get some deals, get some experience. And you like any job, start to negotiate as you sure. go on, but prove your value first. But I'm looking for technology. Um, or do they have bundled discounts because they do have this buying power? Can they get me chime for like $25 a month? My brokerage does offer that. That's 500 bucks a month anywhere else you're looking, right? So I have Chime, which is awesome. I have an artificial intelligence chatbot that talks to everyone that comes to my site. It sets appointments. There's always someone there on my site. And that's because Real has created this partnership with Chime. What is the backend support like? Okay, so when I was at Coldwell Banker, I couldn't log into a virtual workplace and talk to anyone in my company. You can do that with eXp. You can do that with Real. The thing that overwhelmed me a little bit with eXp was the whole virtual world. And then there's, okay, there's this workplace and hey, you, if you're not selling, it's your fault, but it's like information overload. That's what eXp felt like to me. So I wanted to support new producers, but they're like, where do I start? Like, how do I navigate this abyss? All the information, sometimes it's too much information. And that's why I prefer real. It's a little simpler. Um, I look for tech forward. What are the apps like? Like I said, the backend systems, but not even just lead gen, like on the agent side, is it tracking my commissions, like my 1099? Can I get support within the app? I can go right into a chat and have them come into my computer and fix the problem uh, through China, through the, the real backend app. I'm buying stock because eXp made me like a nice six-figure amount just being invested in the company. I see that real has this huge potential. They have this big vision. They're acquiring escrow companies. They are um wanting to change the face of real estate and we are like everyone has a different mission right but i really believe in what real is and what they're trying to be and i'm fine if they work some kink outs because while well, they work some kinks out because i'm going to benefit like i have like thirty thousand shares if that goes up just a little bit in my favor favor i'm a millionaire you know and that was the, the story for a lot of people at exp and you know i don't even know if i'm allowed to talk about that so real sorry if i wasn't supposed to no, of signed, course like, my ICI. No, no, not even you. I'm my company. I think they tell you not to like use that to recruit, but that's not well, me recruiting. That's just sharing like, okay, that's a benefit to me. And we have this app that we can go in the back end of. And if we want, they use artificial intelligence to determine whether or not we can get our payment. Um, so if I'm, if I haven't sold for a couple months, pretty rare, but let's say I have 10 pending escrows, I can click in the app Artificial intelligence determines how likely it is to close. They knows they know I've closed a lot of deals. This one's fallen out. This one has it. I can get my commission straight through the app like months early, that's even great. if it's closing down the line. And I think that's huge because cash flow is the biggest problem with even producers, right? We have a lot of expenses. It's hard to manage. And just having that one thing opened up to me changed my business a lot for the better. Yeah, I'm a part owner in a commission advance business because, oh, nice. uh, yeah, and, and and really we just offer it internally for our, our agents. Sure. Um, but because the cash flow is so challenging. Yes. Um, and I have an but, assistant and she would like to be paid whether or not I'm paid because she doesn't make right. as much as me. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out. And, you know, where I come from. I didn't learn to like save money or budget. I have no business background. So I'm kind of figuring this out as I go. And I don't want anyone to suffer, you know, because of like me not having perfect like accounting or bookkeeping skills. So sure. That's helpful for me. I think real is going to be super dope. I think it's going to blow up. Um, and just seeing the people that came to the company from EXP, different brokerages, maybe they weren't feeling EXP, but real really spoke to them. I love the founder. Uh, he like comments and likes my stuff on social media. He's like, oh, hey, Kelsey, killing it. And why? I'm like, 
how do you know who I am? Like, that's just so cool, right? So I've been doing a lot of PR recently to bring attention to Real because the more legitimacy it has, the better I do. Um, and no one's heard of Real yet, at least in Hawaii. They're like, oh, you're with Real Broker. And I was like, yeah, I know. You'll, you'll, you'll know us soon, don't worry. I, um, I want to really conclude this with a difficult question. So I'm going to push you a little bit okay. because, right. because and, and I, I think you're the first person I will ask this question to, um, and you're the best person to ask this question to, where are you struggling right now? You've had a tremendous success. You came sure. from this really adverse sort of early life. Um, you, you've now, you're crushing it in, in real estate. You're authentic. You're, you're obviously doing well. Um, what what are the struggles of a $25 million producer right now? Sure. So, I mean, first of all, is like growing too fast. And as awesome as that looks on paper, like I said, I do miss those calls. I mean, I get hundreds of texts a day. My assistant tries to wade through them the best we can, but we do lose people. I mean, we lose opportunities because my TikTok's blowing up, like my Facebook messenger, like all of these avenues that are great to get clients. Once you kind of like, become the go-to person you just lose people and I've had people delete me on Facebook like oh Kelsey Charles doesn't care about me she didn't respond to my message and I'm like oh my god yes I do you didn't try hard enough to get through my wall you know what I mean like come to my assistant my phone number is right on there I cannot reply to every Facebook message and I'm sorry for that and I really have tried to have like a virtual assistant handle it but we get so much spam that we're literally then paying to wade through spam so that's why if you go to my Facebook page it says, please PM or please DM me at this number before you PM me on Facebook, because it's very unlikely that I'll see it. Um, and those clients that do get through that, they're like, Hey, I've been watching you for months. I've been messaging you on Facebook and nothing. Um, I, will you please consult, talk to me. And I'm like, thank you for like getting through my processes and farther down my funnel, you're showing me you're pretty serious. And as much as I would like to engage with everyone, I can't. Um, number one. And then number two is I have no business background so I'm not good at like firing people they say you should hire slow fire fast like I'm not gonna fire someone unless they like punch me in the face and stole my money I don't know you know what I mean like it would take a lot I'm gonna try to find a role for them a way for us to work better together but that's like my social work background and the way that I see conflict resolution is a lot different than a business person does right um so that creating like other versions of me um can't I thought that was a thing that you could do, but like there's one you and not everyone wants to be, not everyone wants to work a hundred hours a week. They don't have this vision. Like you can do talk up your mission statement all you want, but some people really just want to have a life. You know, they're like, I want to go surf on the weekends, especially in Hawaii. Like they don't want to work like me. So learning to accept that and then learning to manage the money. Like you think it's cool to make $600,000 a year until you never have. And you're like, oh shit, I literally spent all of it. Um, every course that person told me to buy, I did it. I spent like 300 grand one year on like personal development that maybe it helps. I mean, maybe it did it. I don't know. But as far as like getting ahead, like I'm not ahead. I still feel like I'm just kind of figuring it out and that some of that it's going to be wasted revenue, but there's no clear path like for business, for real estate. And everyone has a different idea and they all want you to pay $20,000 to find out what that looks like. So it, it's like a lot of trial and error and getting to know yourself and who you are as a business owner. And then eventually like, what is success for you? Like a lot of people would say I'm successful. Like they're like, okay, you're rolling in like 25 million a year. I mean, obviously just in sold volume, you should be doing well, but I'm like, mm, that's not it for me. Like I want to have this income. I want to 
affect these people's lives. And I want to turn my phone off at five. So those yeah, are my and, 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 and the, and you're not finished yet. No. And, no. and, and maybe you never, maybe you never will be. And yeah, I don't know if you'll ever finish. Yeah. But the, the good news is the problems don't stop, but they're a better quality of problem, right? Sure. So yeah. there used to be the problem of like, oh my gosh, I'm going into withdrawal. What do I do? Yeah. How do I score methadone, totally. suboxone, whatever? Okay. Um, and then how do I just stay alive um, right. and, and, and normal to now it's like, oh, I, I still have problems. Um, and, and I think that's another really important thing is, is your problems never go away. They just hopefully get a little bit of a higher quality of problem. Yeah, totally. Um, No. And that makes sense. And especially like bringing that to recovery is like, okay, you're always going to have problems, but like at what level are you content? And I don't know that I found that or if I'll ever be content, but I've so to be completely honest, like, I don't have that peace in my life. Like I don't have that Zen like a lot of people have They're like, uh, okay, I don't I'm either. Be... Yeah. Okay, good. Cause it's, I don't know if that's an addict thing. I'm like always like chicken brain. Like I'm a hamster. I don't know. I'd love to have that someday. And that means more to me than making $20 million. Me too. That might be something we never have and just have to be okay with. Yeah. I I'm to the point now where, where I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm very self-critical. And so I, I, I never think I'm doing well, even though, yeah. you know, and, and you might, maybe you, and you're and killing not, it. Yeah. You're doing so well. well. I don't I know mean, if I'm killing it, but, but I'm yeah. certainly, um, I'm s- certainly had some level of, of, you know, a lot of people like our show and we're grateful for Absolutely. that. Um, yes. and, and maybe I'll always just feel a little bit less than, and maybe yeah. that's okay. Sure. As long as I have community and people to help prop me up when yeah. I, when I'm struggling, um, totally. maybe it's okay to fall apart, um, a yeah. bit. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, you are, I think what, what really is coming through for me in this conversation is, is this will, this, this courage to be vulnerable. And, and I almost think not that I'm any sort of psychological expert. Um, but if, if we look at the 12 step programs that exist and they're not just for addiction, they're for lots of, uh, of, for of, sure. in, of lots of instances of, of things that people struggle with. The big thing in there is surrender, uh, 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 being, um, uh, finding community, finding supportive people who say, I, oh, I've, I've been where you are. I, I, I love you the way you are because I am you. Um, and I think that's one thing in real estate. You don't have to feel alone, I guess, is maybe the best part of the 12 step programs is this, this idea that we're not alone and there's people that care and, um, you clearly care about your clients. You care about your coworkers. You care about yourself, um, and you've taken steps to continue to increase the quality of your life. And um, I honor you. I am so impressed. Um, not that you need me to be impressed, and it's not. Again, I'm hopefully that doesn't come off as patronizing because you're an incredible success. No, not at all. But I am. I am humbled um, by by your willingness to be vulnerable and say difficult things because there is a place for our own individuality within our real estate business. There's a place for us to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Um, and everyone has different boundaries around what they want to reveal. But this idea that you don't have to go it alone is really important right. too. Um, find, find, you know... Uh, you know, I, I, as a marketer, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking like, gosh, you should start some sort of, uh, addict, um, 
you know, like group of realtors where you, but, but of course that's, you know, that's. No, I love that. That's what I want to do. So that next coming next is I want to open a sober living home and create like a sober living brand uh, where I connect all of the women with addicts, uh, but successful ones. Right. So like an AA, but my own spin on it because AA wasn't my thing. I don't like to sit in rooms. They're super boring to me. I don't like all the attention. I'm like, ew. And everyone told me like, you won't get sober that way. I was like, uh, okay, like anything, I'm going to find a way, just whatever, leave me alone. I will find it. Right. And maybe that's why I don't have my serenity or my peace or whatever. But yeah, that's my next thing is I want to find people like me who think, you know, knock on wood, haven't committed felonies or anything. And that that's my saving grace is like, I did, but I didn't get caught. And if I had, then I wouldn't have the life I do today. But I think there's opportunities for people in addiction to get the right people in their life, maybe come to Hawaii, which breaks them away from their living environment. Sure. And then I want to show them the way. And I bet we'll have like a huge success rate. Yeah, totally. Yeah, boy, I uh, I am so excited to continue to follow, you know, what you're yes, up to. Yes, yes. I hope we're do. friends and we stay in touch now. I would, really would like to keep in touch. For, uh, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, I will, I will, uh, I will hope to continue to, to learn more about what you're up to because I'm just so, so honored and, and humbled by it. Um, so on behalf of our audience, uh, thank you. This was a, a long, uh, a long conversation, but hopefully yes. a very, um, poignant conversation. And I think we provided a lot of value to our audience. Um, So thank you, Kelsey, on behalf of the audience for your willingness to share some hard things and also to give some really great practical advice along the way. I mean, this really was kind of the full package and um, and, and also just thank you for, for showing what, what do they say? Like the Oliver Cromwell story, warts and all paint me with yep. my warts and all, yep. right? Like I, yep. this is, this is who I am. These are my battle scars and we all have them in, in our own little way. And so on behalf yep. of Kelsey and myself, we also want to thank our audience for sticking around to the end of this podcast. We honor yes. you. You're the yes. reason that we keep doing this. And if you could just do uh, speaking directly to the audience now, if you could help us in two ways, that would be wonderful. One is just tell a friend, tell somebody who needs to hear Kelsey's story, send them a link to our uh, website. It's probably the easiest way. Just have them go to keepingitrealpod.com or, you know, there's a lot of other ways you can find our, our show. Um, you can just subscribe to Keeping It Real as well on any podcast app. But also, so tell a friend and then please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. This helps us get better, helps us improve, and also helps us get more uh, in front of more eyeballs and ears. So thank you uh, on behalf of all of us at the show with Kelsey and our audience. Thanks to everyone for helping make this uh, a fun show to do. Kelsey, thank you. And um, congratulations on your success. You're a true inspiration to me. Um, And I am uh, excited to to build a friendship. Yes, please add me on Facebook. And if you ever want to do like a follow-up or anything, I'm happy to. And everyone should go check out uh, Kelsey's website, which yes. is KelseyCharlesHolmes.com. Yes. K-E-L-S-E-Y, Charles, like, uh, and then Holmes, plural. KelseyCharlesHolmes.com. Link is in the show notes as well as her Instagram handle, which is Realtor in Hawaii. She's amazing. She's she's honest. She's vulnerable. And she's very good at her job. So please reach out to her with any questions around marketing, um, just any sort of realtor advice. She yeah, is a super yeah. generous, kind person and wants to help. So Kelsey, thank you so much. And we will see everybody. You're welcome. And we'll see everyone on the next episode. All right. I will talk to you soon.